0: Halo the series is not the video game. So who talks first, you talk first, I talk first. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Han Talks First. I am Han, and today we are going over episode one of the Halo series that just dropped on Paramount+. I am a massive Halo fan. I've played all the games. I've read some of the books. I've been to conventions. Originally, this was going to be a Halo movie. It was in development hell for over 20 years, and they've been trying to get this thing off the ground with think- people like Peter Jackson, Neil Blomkamp, now Steven Spielberg, and many more. I was a little disappointed that it ended up turning into a television series because I'm not too big a fan on TV. I was more looking forward to a movie, but now it's here. It's not exactly the game, and I'm going to give you all my thoughts on the good, the bad, and the weird. Halo the series is not the video game. It's something to keep in mind. I mean, the creators themselves even said we are doing something that's just based on the property. We're not actually recreating the game. And some of the lead writers of the series never even played the game. We'll talk about whether that's a good or bad thing a little later, but just to get us started, we have to remember (laughs) this is not like the game. And don't worry, we're definitely going to talk about that face reveal. I've watched it twice now. Now, just right off the bat, some of the things I noticed was that they're oddly taking a lot of story elements from the 343 Industries version, that era of Halo, which, to be honest with you, worries myself and probably a lot of you out there. I think most of us were kind of hoping for the original 1, 2, and 3 versions of Halo, mostly Halo 2, since that's such a highly respected game. We could get there. We could get there. But right now, I am a little worried that they're going especially in Halo 5 route, which uh, a lot of people, that is the worst game. I want to kind of preface by asking the question, what makes Halo Halo? So for me, it's just the adventure, the the world building, the lore building, the open world aspect of it, and also the music. The music is a very key, important role in Halo, which I I think the TV show kind of slept on. And the last thing for me that what makes Halo is it's a love story. At the end of the day, Halo is just a expansive love story between Master Chief and Cortana. And I will explain further a little later on once we start talking about Master Chief in this show. So jumping into this episode, we start off on a brand new planet, brand new characters. Somewhat doesn't feel like the Halo universe, but you kind of got to, you know, give them some fairness here because... We've never been to this planet, we would never seen these people before, but we enter the planet Madrigal. Welcome to planet Madrigal! That's an Encanto reference, if you didn't get it. This was the moment for me where I was like, this is going to be the make or break, is how, or however they decide to open this show. Because like I said, I was nervous going in because I'm such a huge fan and I didn't want it to be a disappointment to the game or not honor it and respect it. Now, don't get me wrong, I did have my expectations set that I am totally prepared to be sideswiped and this be nothing like the game, just as the creators told us it would be. But it starts off, it looks a little cheap. You know, they have not the best actors in the world performing. They grow on you a little later and obviously... They all die, so it kind of doesn't matter at that point. But the effects looked wonky. The VFX looked wonky. It looked like kind of like prequel Star Wars types effects. And also, I just mentioned how nothing really looked recognizable or familiar because it was a new planet, new people, and I wasn't feeling like I was in Halo quite yet. And then, of course, we get the introduction of this new character, Quan Ho, which we'll talk about later. And she discovers the phantom ship parked at the top of a cliff. And this is when... It started to get interesting. She discovers it, she goes back to the other kids that she was with, and when the kids go to check it out, they get obliterated. And that is when I was like, oh, they're going to do like a legit cold open for this game, and we'll probably see some of the footage from the trailer right away. And sure enough, that's what happened. The, they, the Covenant came by, they, they killed all those kids, and it was violent and gory and... I'm not the type of person that I need R-rated content to be pleased or have a good time. But the reason why this made me happy was it was, it was telling the audience, hey, we are willing to, one, take risks because we're going to kill off... Kids, and we're going to show it. You know, not a lot of movies or TV shows w- would do that it, to such graphic detail. And the other one was hey, this is going to be mature content, mature content that you're used to in the game. So they go back to their base, and the Covenant follows uh, Quan over there. They gear up, they're ready to fight, and the Covenant invades this small town. And then we get to see them for the first time. And this was great. Again, back to the effects, it was a little, yeah, but you know, you kind of forgive it because. You get to see Elite's live action for once. And then the Spartans arrive. The Spartans arrival and the introduction of Master Chief was fantastic. I kind of wish we didn't see it in the trailer because it would have been even more impactful. But let's just talk about the suits. The Mjolnir armor looks fantastic in this live action adaptation. That was one thing I was a little worried about, was would the CGI be a little bit too outstanding? Would it be noticeable? Would they be able to move importantly? Would they be able to turn their heads? Would it be awkward? But it wasn't. They figured out a way to do these costumes the right way and to make it movable for the actor. And it just looks beautiful. I mean, when you think of a live-action version of Halo, they got that part down. The Spartan armor is Epic. So let's talk about Quan. Quan Ho is our new star. She's a new character added to the Halo universe. To be honest with you, she was a little annoying at first, but she did grow on me as the show continued. And you know she's one of the lead characters because her story starts off as the typical hero's journey beginning. Her father figure dies and she has to go out into this new realm of magic and wonder and begin her quest. And of course, all while being paired up with the person that killed her mother. I mean, it's Harry Potter, it's Star Wars, I mean, it's any m- mythology based uh, type of IP. And there are actually a lot of other Star Wars references in this. There are specific moments that are actually almost like they're straight out of the Attack of the Clones movie, which kind of made me happy, but I guarantee you. The people involved in creating this were fans of Star Wars and did directly nod to it every once in a while. Now, I want to move on to her relationship with Master Chief, John, Spartan 117, but before I do, I want to kind of talk about this new version of Master Chief. Now, look, this is something that is going to take a while to get used to. I mean, it's not the same from the game. Aside from the armor and his suit and the helmet and the visor, all that looks great, but the voice it's a little distracting because you're so used to the Steve Downs voice from the game. Hey, it's something I can get used to. I I think the big thing is the face. And again, before the face reveal, his mannerisms are down. The actor playing John is, is doing a great job. I think, you know, he's got the movement down, uh, the way he interacts with characters and kind of Uh, Looks around the room. He's got that down. He definitely knows how to be Master Chief. It's just when you hear him talk, it's just kind of jarring. And as far as his background goes, it looks like they're changing it from the game while we didn't get much explanation in the game, there was some in the books, especially Fall of Reach, which I highly recommend to anyone who wants a good Halo read. But now that he's getting the, like, these visions, which we've never seen in the game before, they're showing him that he used to have a family. Uh, more specifically, parents, and I think they showed his mother a little bit. And that's obviously a thread that is going to be continued throughout this show, which we'll get more answers to, but it, it's definitely a lot different than it was in previous canon. Okay, the face reveal. The face reveal, this is the big one. This is what this is what people have been talking about the most. Now, look, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the whole helmet situation. I've also seen a lot of people complaining about the people complaining about the helmet situation. <laughs> but look, whether whatever side you're on, should he leave it on, should he take it off? I think you have to ask the question, what purpose does it serve? You know, a lot of people that I've seen complaining about, you know, the, the game lovers should shut up about him wanting to keep the helmet on. Well, they often back that argument up with, well, the game had no narrative purpose for him never taking his helmet off. And I would actually totally disagree with that. Now, aside from the original practical reasonings why the developers left the helmet on was because they didn't have the technology to do a proper face at the time. And then they just kept it as the games continued on. But I do think there was still a little bit of narrative function in the original story of Halo 1 through 3, that would serve the purpose of why he should leave his helmet on. And that is the identity and uh, personability and human factor of Master Chief. One, we never learn his last name. He has always been a little bit disconnected from the human race, especially his superiors, Captain Keys and Sergeant and other people like that. And he hasn't been able to connect. He has no real love interest in the game that is human. And he finds himself just killing a bunch of people all the time and not really connecting to any other human in the game. And what's really sweet about the Halo series, and this is what I'm getting back to about Halo being a love story, is he finds most compatibility with Cortana. And he can actually relate to Cortana more because while Cortana is an AI, Chief may not be an AI himself, but he is a superhuman, highly enhanced, and he is, you know, partially a cyborg in some ways. And so he has this weird connection with Cortana. She's literally in his head all the time, and they think the same thoughts in a way. It's a very strong bond, and throughout a couple of the Halo games, The whole point of you playing as Master Chief is you're hunting down Cortana, trying to find her again, to be reunited and to feel whole. So yes, to all the people that say the game serves no function for him keeping the helmet on, I think you're wrong. Some people might say I'm searching. I'm searching for a reason. But to me, that's what the game has always been about. The love story between Chief and Cortana. Now, why does the show choose to show his face. Now, I don't know the actual reason why the people creating this decided to do it, but I can only speculate. And one of the reasons why I think maybe is because they were too scared to do it. They were too scared to do a show with their main character having his face covered the full time because the audience can't connect with that or empathize or tell what they're feeling. To counter that, I would argue that, hey, it just adds more mystery to the character. And other shows have done it, like The Mandalorian, which leads me to another reason why people creating the show might have not want to do this. They didn't want to get compared to The Mandalorian too much. And I could see why that is a possibility, because the story in this show is really similar to The Mandalorian. I mean, instead of Baby Yoda, Master Chief is going to protect Quan Ho and bring her back to her people or find her a new people or something like that to declare independence for... Family Madrigal. And then the last reason why they might want to take his helmet off is because the writers said they didn't play the games. They don't know the games. And they, you know, that's probably a reason why. They just, they don't have any attachment to the original character never showing his face. So how do I feel about the actual face reveal in in the show? Hey, it actually doesn't bother me. I thought it would bug the hell out of me. I don't really care for this guy's face. Let me, let me rephrase that. I'm not saying this guy has a bad face. I'm just saying it's not the face I envisioned for my Master Chief. But I think what made it great in this show is they gave it narrative purpose for him to show his face. And they knew it was going to be an important moment for the fans. And what they did was they gave it as a connecting moment between Quan and Chief. For him to say, hey, you can trust me. That's ultimately what it came down to. Master Chief, Quan. Halo ring. But you know what? The face reveal is actually not my least favorite part of the show. I'll tell you what it is. My least favorite part is the music. The music is so important. Martin McDonald's original score for the Halo games was some of the most revolutionary music of its time, especially for games, but also out of all scores for anything cinematic. I could do a whole other episode on the music alone. I'm not going to because I'd be here all day, but I just know that I love it, okay? Why is the music in the TV show the, the worst part? Why is, why is that the worst part of this show? The music sets the tone for the Halo universe. It is so unique and different, and it's like a, it's like a soundscape. It's a soundscape you can feel. And in the show, it's just basic sci-fi loops, sci-fi loops, sci-fi loops, and MIDI uh, beats just on a loop, on a loop, on a loop, on a loop, on a loop. On a loop. It's, it, it was uninspiring. And I can't believe they didn't use any classic music from Halo. And I'm not just talking about the original theme. I'm talking about anything, even if it's a reimagined version. And yes, they did do a little bit at the ending and during the opening credits scene, but that's not enough. And here's what I really hope for the music, that they're saving the original Halo scores for a little bit later, maybe building up to it at the end, and then they'll end on some big grand fight, this big CGI epic, and they'll play the original Halo music. So far, that is my biggest critique. It is not working with the music they're using, and they play it over random moments when characters are just having dialogue with each other, and it's like it's like tense, weird sci-fi, like early 2000s sci-fi music that just doesn't work. Moving on, talking about some other characters, Dr. Catherine Halsey, I loved her in the games. I also loved her in the books too. Her in the show, I, to be honest, we haven't seen too much of her yet to make me form an opinion. But I, I like her so far. She's different from the game as far as her age goes. Obviously, in the game, she's a lot older, and she is the original Cortana, so to speak. And Cortana is just kind of a, a mere image of Catherine Halsey. Now, what else is interesting is this is kind of rewriting the history of Cortana's inception too. Because we haven't seen Cortana yet. I mean, we saw her from the trailer, of course. Uh, so we know it's going to be very different from the game. But we saw this Cortana Project, you know, dome clone builder type thing that they were looking at it, at the end of the show. And it makes me wonder, well, what is Cortana going to be if she's not an AI? Like, what is the, Is she cloning from this one person? Or, or what is it? Like, I, I, I'm so confused. And that's, it's like, that's another thing that bugs me. It's like Cortana. Cortana is a staple. Uh, It goes back into the three main things that I think Halo is, one of them being the love story. You have to get Cortana right. Now, hey, they could still surprise me, and Cortana's gonna end up being amazing, but for right now, it's just, it doesn't feel like Cortana. And again, it's unfair of me to say because I haven't seen them do it yet. Hopefully the next episode will get to it because I love Cortana. She's amazing. And what else is amazing, what kind of like saves it for me is that it's being performed by the original voice actor of Cortana, and I just can't wait. Now, the ending of the show. The last five to eight minutes were actually pretty good, and I thought one of the most stronger parts of this show. Um, the editing choices were great as far as, like, the parallel motions between the Marines gearing up to, you know, commandeer the Pelican that Chief was on, Chief examining the artifact, and then... Quan not knowing what to do and kind of freaking out. It also showed the connection between Chief and the other Spartans, how much they respect him, which I loved that. And then at the end, they power up the ship and they shoot off into space. I was kind of hoping for slip space. For the game players out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But hey, it made me want to watch the next episode. And it made me really excited. And I was like, hey, you know what? For a cheap show, That was pretty freaking great. That's it, guys. That's my review. You know, uh, to be honest with you, there's still a lot I have to wrap my brain around, some stuff I have to get used to. Thank you guys for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed this review. I hope you'll come back for more. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. I reply to everybody. Subscribe. Like the video. It helps out so much. How are you enjoying the show? Please let me know, and I'll talk to you guys really soon.